Hello. You're listening to Mock Footage. These two pals really like movies, but one of them hasn't seen very many, okay? Our hosts won't be using any nasty language, so you can share this with your grandma. And they will be discussing major plot details, so here's your dang spoiler warning. Hello, folks. My name is Joseph Langlois, and this week we will be watching Terminator. Hi, my name is Ray Hiroso, and uh, my brain just got terminated, actually. I don't know yeah. what to say here. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ray. Let's get right into the right into the meat. What happens in Terminator? A big robot dude is bad uh-huh. and tries to what's kill the, the future. Bro- what's his name? Who's he played by? Arnold Schwarz Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold mm-hmm. Schwarz. Wow. Arnold Schwarzenegger plays the Terminator. Um, okay. and he's a big bad robot who's here to kill the future and that's his goal is to kill the future he wants to kill the future okay yes because he's programmed to to destroy uh the future inevitability okay where'd he come from he came from the future future so he so there's multiple layers right this is really bad actually no this is great um I- <laughs> this is perfect. Please tell me more. So you have the past, present, the future, and the extreme past or uh, future, right? Okay. The extreme yeah. future, where, which is like super long into the future. It's super uh, hyper technology. Everything runs on robots. We're we're not. I'm not gonna be alive for that. That's where the ter- Terminator is from. Okay. In fact, from... I'm not here for the future either. I'll be dead by the future comes. By the time yeah. the future comes. Um, he is not actually supposed to be evil, but his programming gets corrupt, and he is warped back into the past, uh, so the future future can avoid any problems with him, because they made a mistake. Oh, so, okay, so he goes haywire, (laughs) and they're like, I know what to do, let's send him away, and by away, they send him into the extreme past, or our present. Right. And then, what's her name? Sarah Connor? Is that her mm-hmm. name? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, sure. Played by Sigourney Weaver, probably. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't hate that casting. Me neither. Um, It's like, y'all are a bunch of idiots. If we send it to the past, it's going to destroy everything past that point. Wait, so Sigourney Weaver is in the, is in the hyper future? Yes. Okay. And she decides to go to to our present and is stuck there now. She's okay. just here now. And okay. that's a choice she makes. Right. Uh and she works uh to with some folks to to stop the terminator and then he melts in lava. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um can you tell me anything about the like what make what makes him a robot like like is it's he's played by arnold schwarzenegger like is he just mm-hmm. voiced by arnold schwarzenegger or what's no. going on so he's covered in like metal plating and has like a red eye and like part of him looks human but he's all robot all robot all the time he's yes. got a little bit of like flesh like stuff yeah but... but he's actively played by arnold schwarzenegger okay 
Um, and can you tell me anything about John Connor? John Connor, who is Gordon Connor's brother. <laughs> uh, John Connor is Sarah Connor's ancient relative. Somehow they maintain the Connor name. <laughs> okay. In the future. Uh, and she works with him. It's not weird. It's not gross. There's no weird romance. I'm not here for that. Okay. Um, so, so John Connor is Sarah Connor's relative from the present. Yes. Uh, and he's just like a businessman. Uh, and he gets wrapped up in this because Sarah Connor recognizes him from, you know, like family albums and stories. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and so... Uh, she was learned, deeply into the history of her family tree. She uses 23 and me, or whatever it's called. <laughs> well, in the hyper future, it's called 25 and me. <laughs> we've gained more chromosomes. We've, we've gotten a few more chromosomes in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, he's just an, an regular man, uh, and he's not here to, like, fight, but he's here for, like, support, because okay, she's but, a fighter, right? And she has to, like, make sure he doesn't die, or else she'll cease to exist. Right, and it's, it's, a, it's all complicated, and she just kind of lays it out for him, like, I'm from the future, this Terminator was sent here from the future, because they didn't want to deal with this problem, and I have to make sure you don't die. <laughs> Right. Uh, okay. What? So the Terminator is working alone. What does he get done? Like, is he? Does he have any levels of success before he is melted in lava? Um, he blows up a helicopter. Okay. He cool. tar- he targets a child that's holding a teddy bear and decides not to kill them. Okay. Which shows some hints of goodness, which is for the sequel, Terminator 2, where he's actually the good guy. How does... Okay. How does that happen if he melts in lava? They gather his chip pieces and remake the body. Okay. His data. I see. He was... He... as In a last-ditch effort, he uploaded himself to the cloud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so his data's there, and he... And uh, it's still corrupted, but Sarah manages to uncorrupt it and turns him into a nice guy. Who's still, like, stone-cold robot killer, but not bent on killing everyone and the future. Okay. Well, we don't have to worry about that so much, because that's obviously... That's the plot of Terminator 2. But uh, in this movie, you say that he, like, kills a helicopter and he targets a child. Like, what, what kind of weaponry is he using? He launches missiles from his arm. Please paint a picture. So, you know how you have an arm? I am aware of those. You have your forearm. That piece opens up like a, f- okay. a panel. And then... Uh, like this... uh, like Buzz Lightyear's little oh, communication yeah. panel? Okay. Yeah. And then like... Except it f- folds outward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, a little missile shoots out and explodes and causes heavy damage. Okay. Uh, he also has, has a laser beam. Where from? Uh, his right eye, his left eye is a scanner when he's looking for okay. his enemies. Okay. So each eye has a different <laughs> ability. And 
like I, I guess um how do they where does this take place um where would where would like an iron forge esque factory exist? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out where lava is, but I mean there are foundries in any like major, major U.S. Town. city or. My initial gut instinct is Los Angeles, but a lot of movies already take place there, and I'm kind of sick and tired of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what if I'll we're in Florida? You. Okay. What if we're in a is Bay City in Florida? I don't know. Sounds like a name of a city in Florida. Bay There's City, Bays. Florida. Okay. Sure. Um, um, which is like a nice seaside town, but also is like next to another town that is more industrial. Sure. And that's where the climax of the movie takes place. Can you tell me anything about Skynet? <laughs> Skynet. <laughs> Is the company that created the Terminator. Uh-huh. Uh, and they play a large role in the beginning of the movie. And they're and they're also incepted uh, because of the Terminator's crea- uh, destruction in the present. Uh, so it's kind of a, a time loop. Like, oh, it the feeds Terminator, itself. Yeah, the, like, destroys a building, and there's, like, some people who are like, mm, maybe we should work on not having that happen. Right, so the Terminator comes to the present and wrecks a bunch of stuff, and then some people are like, let's let's build a, an organization to advance robotics and make sure that nothing like this ever happens to us. Right, because, sorry, for some reason in the future, none of them look at the historical files and see that this is what happened to start the company. right. Sarah Connor's able to perfectly track her one relevant relative, but Skynet doesn't know where its foundation came from. It's because they they're in, impersonal; they don't have those connections. That's part of right. the theming of the movie. Sure, I feel like that's probably like a like a shocking twist at the end of the movie, right? Like the people are like forming this organization, and yeah. then they they come up with the name, and it's the same name as the people who created the robot that went haywire. But also, yeah. it's worth noting that this this robot is not functioning properly. Would you say that Skynet True. overall in the hyper-future is like a magnanimous organization that is like out to help humanity? Yes, for the okay. most part. I mean, it's still a big company, right? It's still mm-hmm. a mega corporation by then. Do they have any other robots? Like... Oh, I guess just this one got sent back because it's really weird because Skynet like matches up so perfectly with Waylon Yutani. Oh, no. (laughs) And and you've casted Sigourney Weaver as the rational scientist in the hyper future. Oh, no. (laughs) I am making an alien reboot, but with robots. Um, Oh, no. So... The other robots are are ostensibly, for the most part, like f- they're functioning fine. fine. Okay, yeah. like we get fun little uh, uh, we get it's... some fun little Easter eggs of like RoboCop, RoboDog, Mega Man. Is the Terminator robot a, a robot, like a true robot, or is it more of an android with a personality and an AI? It's not really clear in this one. Okay. Um, it's that more of that is revealed in the sequels. 
Um, but so in this one, it's just it's like a monster movie, basically. But yeah, the monster it, is a killer robot. Yes, it's presented as a deadly robot who's malfunctioning. But okay. we get small glimpses of that not being true with the little child and a couple other things. Sure. Kind of like the Frankenstein monster. Yeah. In the in the original story. Okay, I'm like, which version? <laughs> um, I guess then one last like so it, it sounds like like what we've we've come up with here does not give us a lot of screen time so i feel like it's going to be a lot like predator 2 where most of the screen time is filled up with like carnage and battles yeah. and stuff yeah. so can you tell me any memorable scenes or any like cool explosions or whatever other than killing the helicopter yeah or, I mean, or there's, an... there's a specific way he did that that was cool no so that's fine um the helicopter is fine. It just kind of explodes. There's another scene with like a insurance firm building where he like looks at it, looks away, and then looks at it again, and then just shoots a missile at it. And mm-hmm. the explosion doesn't happen for like five seconds, but it it's like Lego bricks everywhere. I see. And it just looks goofy. It looks silly. Okay. Would you say that overall the effects in this movie are pretty? Silly by today's standards. I I think that that one stands out because they were running out of budget, and so mm-hmm. they had to like cut back a bit. But everything Maybe else trying is pretty... a new a new method that they hadn't really nailed down yet. Yeah, everything else was pretty bombastic and pretty. Um, I'd say pretty believable on screen, at least for like explosion types. Sure. All right. Um, I guess I do want to know. There, there are a few that you, and I'll, I'll let you rattle off a few if you know them. But I, I want to know what the most memorable line from this movie is for you. Um, uh, target sighted is a very uh-huh. good one. Can you tell term- me? Can you say that like how Arnold Schwarzenegger says it? I don't want to embarrass myself, so no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he says that to a little dog that's like walking by. <laughs> Uh, and he doesn't kill the dog, mm-hmm. but like he's tracking it, and you're like, "Is he about to blast this dog into pieces?" Uh, and he does not do that. All right, uh, target sighted. Target sighted. Target That's, sighted. That came from at least it was popularized by this movie. You want to eat some popcorn? I would love to. Mmm, yummy, yummy popcorn time. And you know what that means? It's also time to hear some words from our friends of the show. This week, I get to tell you about two of the other podcasts here on Lunar Light Studio. First of all, I'd like to tell you about Badvertising. Badvertising is a podcast wherein the hosts are ad executives who take your favorite brands and then create a product and viral ad campaign that will be sure to end in failure. It's hosted by Penny Parker. Blue Lennox and Haley Rose, and it airs every other Monday on Lunar Light Studio or wherever else you might get your podcasts. Badvertising, your dissatisfaction guaranteed. Um, yeah, that show rules. I'd like to say it's a parody of the way that marketing works in this country, but also a lot of the times the products and campaigns that they come up with as a joke end up becoming real things in real life, which is also kind of haunting in a very fun sort of way. So if that sounds like something you'd be into, go check out Badvertising. 
And next, I'd like to tell you about Force Friends Rewatch. Did you know that Star Wars fandoms don't have to be toxic Sarlacc pits of gatekeeping and sexism? It's true. Meet Andy and Ryan, the hosts of Force Friends Rewatch. They watch the television series of the Star Wars universe and discuss the impact each episode has had on them as fans and as human beings. And they definitely only talk about their TV shows and only occasionally the films, theme parks, video games, tabletop games, action figures, cosplays, actors, writers, novels, comics, and lore. Mostly it's just the TV shows, though. And you can catch Force Friends Rewatch every other Friday on Lunar Light Studio or wherever else you might listen to your podcasts. Force Friends Rewatch. May the, may the Force Friends be with you. There you go. That one's for free. Um, I probably said that before, honestly. But I did want to say also, if you're a person who likes efficiency, uh, you can check out both shows at the same time. If you listen to the most recent episodes of Force Friends Rewatch, the Bad Advertising Crew... Uh, helped them out when they were dissecting the Star Wars holiday special. So that sounds like a hoot and a half, and that sounds like it should be up just about anyone's alley. Um, go ahead and give it a listen and enjoy some Christmas in July escapades. It's, it's still June, technically, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Time isn't real. So go ahead and enjoy those episodes. And with that, I think we shall get back to the robot man himself, the Terminator. Ray. Joe. Terminator is a movie. Yeah. Um how, what'd you what you think? How you feeling? How how do you feel? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. Um uh it should have been titled Terminator. Sarah Connor story, or Terminator, John Connor gets conceived, or Terminator, what's this movie? It's six genres at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with this fun little romp through time. Mm-hmm. So, um, a brief little plot is that um, uh, we the movie opens up with Arnold Schwarzenegger uh being teleported back through time and he then kills some hoodlums and steals their clothes. Um, and then another guy teleports backwards through time and we don't know what his deal is at first. Uh, and it's revealed later on that the second guy is one of the freedom fighters from the human revolution that takes place in the future, in the distant future of 2027. Uh-huh. Uh His name is Kyle Reese. And that's going to be important later. Just kidding. It won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he comes back with the mission of protecting Sarah Connor because Arnold Schwarzenegger is a cyborg whose whole sole mission is to terminate Sarah Connor. And the reason that Sarah Connor is important is because she will give birth to John Connor, who's like the guy who leads the human revolution and uh, allows them to win and uh, take back control from the the robot uprising. Um, and, this is wild. <laughs> yeah, and 
the Terminator is really scary and unstoppable and he keeps getting like shot and run over and stuff and he just keeps coming and he keeps coming. And that's pretty much the whole movie is like him chasing them down and eventually he kills Reese. Uh, but this that is after Reese and Sarah Connor get intimate and uh, conceive John Connor. And then Sarah just kind of lives the rest of her life, I guess. I don't know. The movie ends with her driving into a storm. Symbolism, <laughs> baby. Symbolism for a sequel is a storm. Yeah. I, I, you were very right in the idea that the plot of this is incredibly bare bones and most of it is just a monster movie, uh, but the monster is <laughs> a cyborg. I The thing is, I'm super interested in the future <laughs> that yeah. we don't get to see that I much. will say that one of the shortcomings of this movie is that um, like Sarah Sarah's entire role is that she is like the, the vessel <laughs> through which the actual savior... Of, right of humankind comes which has to be a dude but of course to my knowledge sarah continues to be an important and capable uh and sh- very strong character as the series continues yeah well I- what's great is that the movie sets her up as a waitress right mm-hmm. who is not doing great yeah uh she's going through a lot uh just like in normal present day situations and throughout the movie she's thrown into these wild situations of a terminator trying to kill her and meeting a guy who says he's from the future and also almost getting killed like 10 times Mm -hmm. and in the end she kills the terminator yeah and And it was really cool like she like does a uh like a field bandage or whatever for reese when he gets injured yeah and she just kind of has this natural ability for it and there was one part where like toward the end like which really caught me off guard when like reese was injured and and she was like on your feet soldier like she was Mm -hmm. like you know being a leader a natural leader and it's kind of interesting that she was struggling so much to be a server and like deal with mundane reality but but here yeah when yeah she she was able to shine when she was in these extreme circumstances yeah and i don't know if we're gonna watch the rest of the movies but i i hope that she does well moving forward yeah i don't know i i uh well one thing i I remembered like a cool car chase motorcycle chase scene i don't remember exactly the details but it took place like in the gullies and the like the like the I don't, I don't know what those things are called but the little waterway things in la yeah um and that wasn't in this movie so it must have been in the second one i guess i i don't remember but <laughs> but this movie but did I, play, take place in la <laughs> not bay city florida <laughs> but, uh i just didn't want to say la again i'm kind of sick and tired of la <laughs> Oh, uh, but you should have known, right? <laughs> I know, but the thing is, movies take place there because that's where the industry is. That's where movies are made. <laughs> uh, not Florida. And this is not... a movie from, like, this is an early movie. This is from that era. Anyway. <laughs> um, I really liked Sarah. I didn't care for Reese. He just kind of existed. <laughs> I genuinely and forgot I, he was a character in this movie. <laughs> I literally was like, who's this guy? And he was so uninteresting. Yes. 
Like, he he was a soldier with traumatic background and served the purpose of being the father to John Connors, yeah. and that's it. I liked, I liked him in, like, the flashbacks to the future i guess like when he was remembering himself being a soldier in the war-torn and desolate future like he had a lot more character but in present day he was just like this raving like terrifying person um he didn't he didn't make much sense and he didn't seem to have much interest in making sense (laughs) no he just needed to protect sarah at all costs without any explanations until three-fourths of the way into the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what was really fun about this movie? Mm-hmm. Was seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger be a cyborg. Yeah. You know what wasn't fun about this movie? Was Watching he... Arnold Schwarzenegger dig out his eye. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I didn't watch that. I looked away. Yeah. Cause that was gross. It was silly. There's so much silly stuff. I really like the scenes where he like is like mimicking somebody else's voice. Arnold Schwarzenegger really does not have a lot of lines in this movie. No. He's mostly quiet, and and a lot of the times when he is talking, he's like mimicking someone else's voice. All of his lines are very short and t- direct. Um, he's just intimidating. Like that's his big. And he big is. Deal. Yes. He's a big intimidating boy. Mm-hmm. I was scared when he popped up on the screen for the first time. I'm yeah. like, I don't want this man to hurt me. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think he did good. I wish there were rocket launchers, but instead, I guess we're just using normal guns in this movie. Yeah. Uh, which I was kind of sad about. Yeah, because they, the, the way the time travel thing worked the, was only organic tissue was able to go through. And the reason that he was able to go through is because he, the way that those cyborgs were built was that they were like they robot, orga- egg, robot skeletons surrounded yeah. in organic tissue. Yeah. So he was fine. So he was fine, but he wasn't able to bring any of his phaser phaser weapons, photon cannons. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, they probably, they probably didn't want to make a bunch of futuristic weapons that were essentially just guns. Right. Because they just used a bunch of guns in this movie. I really didn't expect a sci-fi monster movie to use so many regular guns. Yeah. And knives. And yeah. using your fist to rip out a man's heart. Honestly, like... The way the mechanics of how the Terminator works is very similar to the way that Michael Meyer works. Mike Michael Myers works. <laughs> is he just slowly just and incessantly invisible. will not stop chasing, <laughs> and he's unstoppable. Uh, it's true. Reese does say he's never gonna stop chasing mm-hmm. you, <laughs> and that's that's genuinely terrifying. Like even it at is. the end when he's when he's like maimed and it's like just his torso and one arm, and he's like slowly grasping towards sarah to try to choke her out like he didn't have a lot of power left but he was still scary that was terrifying and i'm like how is she gonna stop this and then she crushes it and i was like oh yeah why didn't we think of that well not a lot of people have access to a factory so you were close i mean it did it did take place to like in an industrial like warehouse factory Complex, thing yeah i need to know if at some point the terminator melts in lava i'm pretty sure in the second movie okay. one of the robots falls in lava 
Okay. That's good. I'm glad. <laughs> this, I mean, like, there was just a lot of action. There was a lot of, like, intimate moments. I really didn't need the cops involved, because they were nothing in this movie, <laughs> also. Literally, they were nothing. They all just died yeah. after bringing Sarah in, but I guess we had to make sure that Reese wasn't crazy, I guess. Well, I mean, I think it makes sense for, like, for Sarah. Like, she, she hears the news story that two Sarah Connors are killed. I, you know, she doesn't know who else she's going to go to. I guess that's true. It was just... It was a convolute. There was a lot of extra beats that ha- we had to get through to get to the meat of it. You I know? agree, and I think they spent. I think they simultaneously spent too much and not enough time in the future. Like, yeah, like all of the future scenes were very dark and they're like obscured. There wasn't a lot going on, which is probably an issue of budget. But like, if that's the case, like you really only need one cutaway to establish what's going on. Like we didn't yeah. get anything new from the second and third flash flashbacks. Right. Like it, well, we got the dogs. Yeah. I, yeah. They're for the dogs. So that's why, which was so, so dogs are used to, to indicate like which, which people are, actually robots because dogs can sense the robotness of them i guess um and he says that after one of the flashbacks uh reese says that and then later on there's a dog barking and i guess they use that as an early warning system and they're able to get out of the motel room before he shows up oh yeah 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 i didn't even now yeah, that makes sense I, that didn't even cross my mind yeah I'm sure dogs will play an important role throughout the series then, for sure. For sure, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Don't 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 do this to me. Doggies. Doggos, please. You mentioned that he targeted a dog and didn't kill it, which was interesting because the dogs actually targeted him. Yeah, that's weird. Mhm. He uh, he did kill pretty indiscriminately. Like he only like, there were times that he didn't kill people that were in his way, but I, it, it struck me as... It was very calculating. It was always, like, what's easier? Like, do I need to waste ammo right now, or can I just <laughs> yell at this guy and he'll go away and be out mm-hmm. of my be out of my hair? Right. Like, yeah, like the scene with the guy who's knocking on the door and then just walking through the hallways mm-hmm. with the people there. But the gun, like, stop, the gun store owner was going to take him... Like, he, he calculated, like, I'm going to just kill this guy because it'll be less work and also it's... i need to test out this gun right <laughs> uh i forgot i just remember that sarah had like a friend and roommate and her boyfriend and they died i forgot yeah. that they were in this movie yeah yeah <laughs> and she lot. keeps like inadvertently leaving him a trail like uh-huh when, when he first kills the roommate and her boyfriend it's I'm under the impression that he's under the impression that he's killed Sarah Connor and is going to move on to the next one on the list. But yeah. at that moment, she calls home and leaves an, a machine on the message saying, it's me, Sarah. Like, <laughs> the person you just kill isn't Sarah. Because um, she's she's trying to get in touch with her roommate. Right. And then he's like, okay, this person's still alive. And she also gives him the location. And then later on, uh, she's on the phone with her mom. 
I'm but, mad at her for that. And and gives her the phone number of the motel that she's staying at. Um, but it wasn't actually her mom. It was the Terminator imitating her mom. Now, she didn't know the Terminator had this power, right? Right. But I'm so mad at her. She shouldn't have been giving people information when she's on the run. Yeah. Yeah. Because that endangers both parties. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not it's the Terminator. But, again... But- all of this stuff is like, I really, I, I enjoyed the watch and I think it's very much just, just, just enjoy it. Like, it doesn't need to be picked apart. It doesn't Fine. need to be taken too seriously. Do it this time. Well, that's what we said while we were watching. What's changed? What do you want to, what do you want to uh, analyze further? No, nothing. I was just mad at Sarah for doing that. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. I was too. But like she's she's new it she's in a stressful situation, yep. and she, this is all new. Like I get it. This movie had like three main characters. Yeah. T- two and a half, if we count Reese. Yeah. He's only half a character. I thought it would have been really interesting if the like the criminal psychologist comes in and talks to Reese and listens to Reese's story about how he got sent to the past and why everything is happening the way it is. And Mm -hmm. the psychologist is just like, this guy is crazy. I'm going to make a career off of this guy. But Uh everything that Reese was saying was consistent. Like there was no like he uh, outside of the ludicrous nature of what he was saying it's hard to believe for sure but reese was not like showing any signs of being inconsistent or or having any trouble like with cogency or anything like that and it would have been really interesting if the psychology had any doubts like it was like maybe this guy's telling the truth yeah i was kind of hoping that would happen and it didn't instead oh wow he says he's from the future must be must be a crazy guy, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, why are you even here at this job? <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of people not believing people. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's 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 true. And, and like it was it was a little bit annoying, but like I really think this movie is about Arnold Schwarzenegger being scary, but also silly at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like the robot too is like it's if you think about if you think about putting yourself in Sarah's shoes, it's scary. But watching yeah. the movie is just silly and funny. Oh yeah, no, I'm scared for Sarah the whole time, and I fell for her. Yeah. Um, but watching the robot friend, cyborg friend, just move around and be scary was just a hoot. Yeah. Well, I I don't know what else to say about it. Do you Do you have anything else to add? I think that this conversation has been terminated. <laughs> Oh, I wanted to ask because I, I stepped away at one point. And <laughs> I don't know if uh, I if I missed it. Does he say "hasta la vista, baby" in this movie? I don't remember hearing that. Okay, I could have. I could he be said wrong. That. I could have sworn he said that in this movie, but it might be a different one, or it might be a made-up line that doesn't actually exist in Terminator. Lore. Maybe it's from Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you recommend watching this movie to somebody who had never seen it before? I can't tell. <laughs> um, I had a lot of fun with it. 
I don't know if I if I would personally recommend this movie. Yeah, it was it's, it was nice. It was nice to have on. Yeah, it but, like I wasn't invested in it as yeah. much as I usually am. You know. Yeah. Um, maybe I would be in the whole franchise because I know it's a very beloved franchise, and this is the first movie in it. So like, obviously there's merit there, but also it's aged and old. Yeah. But I feel like we but were more good... initially grabbed by Alien, you know, and then, yeah, and like and wanted to watch the mo- the franchise because of that. I wasn't really grabbed by this movie. I don't movie. know about this one. It's I, part of it is that it feels very disjointed to start. It's a really rough start. Yeah. Um. I like. I joke. There's like six different genres. Yeah, going that's on true. In the first the, half of the, the movie. first scene is legitimately very scary with with. Schwarzenegger like just killing those guys for And then we have an eighties girl montage movie. Yeah. For, like, and then 10 we have minutes. and then we have the cops office and it's like, whoa. And like I... are we watching a procedural? Like yeah. it's So that I think that's what's really throwing me off about it. But if I if I try to strip that all away, I think my answer is still no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's... <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> uh it is it is free on youtube so if you're a fan of the movie and you want to watch it or you know you Go think you have fun terminator with it, on youtube it, just it have it on free, in the background i don't think either i don't think mock footage is recommending it necessarily it is it is a good background movie it's a good background movie i don't think it's just for me you know yeah my dad would love i once again it's an arnold schwarzenegger movie my dad would love i'm yeah. sure my dad has seen this movie multiple times yeah uh, All right. Well, thank you, Ray, so much uh, for watching this movie with me. And thank you, Ryan Chongo, for letting us use your song Hat of Serenity from your album Hat Shop. You can find that on his band camp. Uh, also, thank you to Haley Rose for doing the intro to this podcast, or else we can never start it properly. And thank you to Ross Gerson for uh, the, the beautiful, beautiful art for the podcast and finally thank you to lunar light studio for hosting us yes thank you lunar light and folks if you want to reach out to us on twitter you can find us at mock footage and if you want to send an email you can send it to mock footage at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you with a review on itunes or feedback on pinecast or anywhere you like let us know what movies you want to hear about um we still have quite a bit of a a list but it's starting to get harder to choose which ones to do next so if you have any suggestions of stuff you'd like us to cover um send it send it our way and we'll see what we can do thanks thanks again for listening and ray i have to ask what was what was your favorite line from the movie what one stuck out the most um come with me if you want to live oh okay the one that stood out I, to me the most. I really thought... Th- I mean, the obvious answer is I would be Bach. But I think I think that makes that's a good one, too. That That's the one that stuck out to me. And then he st- and then restarted yelling, like, very sharply. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll yeah. Do exactly what I say! <laughs> I'm like, okay, Amy! You're, you're not giving her any comfort, dude. You're, you're really... You're probably making things worse right now. Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.
Hi, Ray and Marble. Hey, Marge. Hello. So, I've been watching this great anime that I wanted to talk to you about. What is Ooh. it called? It's called Yu-Gi-Oh! And we've already been talking about it on the Deck of Friendship podcast. Oh, you mean the podcast we do about game-based friendship animes? Yeah, where the first season we're covering Yu-Gi-Oh! Season 1 and we'll move on to sh- series like Bakugan and Digimon and Fighting Fudons and Dinosaur King and all sorts of other anime that focus on friendship as a core theme and are based on a physical game. It's a, wi- it's a wild concept for a podcast and th- we're doing it. Yeah, and we talk about those themes and how they pertain to these games and how you should use friendship and working together to overcome obstacles. Not only do we cover important aspects of the shows themselves like friendship, togetherness, socialism, and more, but we also get to the important questions. What happened to Grandpa? Is the heart of the cards cheating? What would your Millennium item be? So you want us to make our own Millennium items. Mine is the Millennium Estrogen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you win. Legit answer? I would either want, like, a Millennium Piercing or a Millennium Tattoo. Ooh. Now, this might inform you a lot about me as a person, but I'd like a Millennium Fork. (laughs) Somehow? Ray? Somehow? I knew. I knew. It doesn't do what you think it does, is the thing. Oh, so it's like a tuning fork. Yeah, I need to figure out the details and where the eye goes, because every Millennium item has an Mm -hmm, eye somewhere, mm -hmm. right? Is that a thing? I think so. Well, now I feel like I got the short end of the stick since I picked a Millennium copy of Scorpion King 2 Rise of the Warrior specifically on (laughs) Blu-ray. Hey, there's a bunch of uses for that one. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of power in that disc. Whoever watches it, their soul gets sucked into the video, and they have to live that movie. <laughs> this is getting this lofty. is getting wild. A little bit. So where where can this podcast be found? Deck of Friendship can be found on the Lunar Light Studio Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, or in the shadow realm. Or in the shadow realm. <laughs>